1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: God wants His character to come to mind when they hear His name, when people hear His name. When you hear the name Jesus, you should think, you know, loving, grace, mercy, forgiving sins, all those things that we read, that's what should come to mind. Oh, Jesus, I love that name. Not run and hide or take cover. And God doesn't want... To damn anyone.
1: What comes to mind when you hear your own name, your parents' name? How about your boss's name? We all have a person's name in mind that when we hear it, it makes us cringe just a little. There are also those names that evoke joy. What about God's name? What should you feel when you hear the name Jesus? Is your first thought of joy or of anger? What should God's name mean to us? In today's message, Pastor Dan describes what God would want us to think when we hear his name. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: When we became Christians, when you became a Christian, I became a Christian. We took the name of Jesus Christ to ourselves. We raised the banner of Jesus Christ. The banner over us now is Jesus Christ. We raised the flag of Jesus. We identified with him as Christians. We identified as followers of Jesus Christ. When you were baptized, you were baptized in the name of Of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, you identified with his name. You took his name. Which means you took his character. And you took his attributes and you took his nature and you're waving this flag. I've identified with Jesus Christ. The banner over me is Jesus Christ. I've taken his name to myself. And so now our words and our behavior Are a reflection of his name. And his character. We've identified ourselves. We've identified our lives with Jesus Christ. And so our lives now must be consistent with his name. His character. His nature. And the third commandment. It warns us to not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And the word vain here. It means emptiness. It can mean falsehood. It can mean. With worthlessness, it can mean frivolously. And the idea is you've taken the name of Jesus Christ to yourself. Don't misuse the name of God. Don't misuse it. We've identified with Jesus. We've confessed Jesus Christ. Now don't misrepresent him with your words and with your actions. Don't misuse his name. That's what this commandment is telling us. Now, Orthodox Jews, they refuse to say the name or write the name of God out of fear of misusing his name. That's how far they take this commandment. When an Orthodox Jew writes the name God, they will write G-D. And instead of saying Jehovah or Yahweh, they'll say Hashem, which means the name. They won't say the name, they'll say the name instead of saying Jehovah, right? Right? Out of reverence for his name, out of fear of breaking this commandment. Now, I don't believe, I don't fault them for that at all, but I don't believe God forbids us from using his name. He's forbidding us from misusing his name. We're not to use God's name in vain or in an empty way or in a flippant way. We're not to misrepresent his character by our words or our actions or our behavior. We've identified with Christ. I'm a Christian. We've taken his name. And now we represent him. And if we misuse his name or misrepresent his character with our words, our actions, our behavior, that dishonors God. And it can give people an incorrect view of God and an incorrect view of God's character and what is acceptable to him and not acceptable. We represent God now. We've taken his name. Now, in several places in the Old Testament, God tells us Israel polluted his name. That's the word it uses. He says, you have polluted my name among the Gentiles, among the nonbelievers, by misrepresenting me with your behavior. You polluted my name. They violated the third commandment. So the counterpart to this is found in the New Testament. Matthew chapter six, verse nine in the Lord's prayer. You know, the Lord's prayer Jesus taught the disciples to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. So that's the positive of this commandment. The negative is don't use God's name in vain. Instead, hallow his name. Venerate his name. Consecrate his name. And isn't it interesting That the first petition in the Lord's prayer is hallowed be thy name. Before asking for daily bread, before asking for our sins to be forgiven, before asking for thy kingdom come. Hallowed be your name, Lord, that your name would be honored and consecrated in me. And in my life, first and foremost. So what are some ways that we can take the Lord's name in vain? And this is not intended to be an exhaustive list. Again, this is just scratching the surface. But what are some ways we can take the Lord's name in vain? Well, I think what comes to mind immediately for most of us is using God's name as a curse word. As a way of expressing our frustration. Maybe when you're playing a sport and you miss a shot or you miss a putt or you drop a ball. And you use the Lord's name to express your frustration. Or you ask God to damn something. That's certainly violating the third commandment. And have you noticed that people will use the name of Jesus Christ. As a cuss word. But not the name of any other gods. You never hear someone say Harry Krishna. Ah, Buddha, right? Because people know there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. They may not believe in him, but they know there's power in that name. You know, for me, growing up, I only heard the name Jesus Christ when my dad was very angry. And for me, growing up, I only heard that name in my home when my dad had reached a boiling point, And there was a certain way that he said it. And he had a certain cadence to the way he said it. So for me, I associated the name Jesus Christ with fear. You know, you hear that name, take cover. Even for me as a young adult, when I started attending church, I would get anxious because the pastor said Jesus Christ so much. For me, when I first became a believer, it was difficult for me to say the name Jesus Christ. Because in my mind, it was a cuss word. And you only heard it, When wrath was coming down. And so I had a hard time just saying the name Jesus. So using the name of God, using the name of Jesus Christ as a cuss word. That is a misuse of the name. The name Jesus is the sweetest name of all. Again, God wants his character to come to mind when they hear his name. When people hear his name, when you hear the name Jesus, you should think you know, loving, grace, mercy, forgiving sins, all those things that we read. That's what should come to mind. Oh, Jesus, I love that name. Not run and hide or take cover. And God doesn't want to damn anyone. He's not willing that any would perish, but all would come to repentance and salvation through Jesus Christ. Christ. Jesus came and died on the cross to save people from damnation. So when we ask God to damn someone or damn something, it's out of line with his character. It's out of line with the gospel message. We can also misuse God's name when we use his name in a frivolous way, or we use the Lord's name carelessly or flippantly as an expression of shock or outrage, like, oh, my God. Or uh, I swear to God. You know, if you tell the truth, you don't have to swear to anybody. Right? Jesus said, just let your yes be yes. And your no no. And then there's no need to swear. But when we say things like that, oh, my God, or I swear to God. We use those kinds of phrases. We're violating the third commandment. We should hallow God's name, consecrate it.
1: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan.
2: It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's
1: join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: You know, the Bible has a lot to say about our language and our speech In Colossians chapter three, verse eight, it says, as Christians, we should put off filthy language out of our mouth. Put off filthy language. We're flying the banner of Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. We represent him. And so we shouldn't use filthy language. Filthy language, it says in Colossians, that's part of the old man. And we've put off the old man. We've put on the new man in Jesus Christ. Another way we can violate the third commandment and use the Lord's name in vain is when we offer thoughtless prayers. An example of this would be when we kind of race through a prayer before dinner as kind of a formality so that we can get to the eating part, right? But we got to say a prayer, so we just kind of, you know, God is good, God is great, let's sing for his food, amen, you know, kind of thing. It's not sincere. It's just a rote formality. Or, you know, we... Tack in Jesus' name on a prayer. And we should. Jesus said, you know, ask in my name. But to ask in Jesus' name, you're saying, I'm asking according to your will. So are we really asking according to his will? Or are we just tacking that on the prayer? Because that's what we're accustomed to doing. In worship, we can sing and not really mean the words we're singing to God. We're just singing them. When we sing, we should think about the words we're singing. Do the words that I'm singing right now, do they match my heart? I surrender all. You know, Jesus said that we could honor him with our lips and our hearts can be far from him. A verse in Ezekiel, I'll just read to you. Ezekiel chapter 33 Verse 31, listen to what the people were doing in Ezekiel's day. The Lord says to Ezekiel, so they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people. They hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth, they show much love. But their hearts pursue their own gain. Right, so the people were just going through the motions, right? They're coming, they're sitting with their mouths, they're showing much love. Oh, Ezekiel, that was wonderful. That was a wonderful message, Ezekiel. We love you. You're such a great prophet, you know. But they weren't doing what he was saying, just going through the motions. Right, that's a way of using the Lord God's name in vain. We've taken his name now, and we don't want to just go through the motions with him. Here's another one. What about when people say things like, well, God told me. Or God said to me. Or God told me to tell you. Now, don't misunderstand me. I believe God can speak to us. I believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. I believe God speaks to us out of his word. I believe in the gifts of the spirit, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, words of prophecy. I believe that. But when a person uses that kind of language, well, God told me or God said to me or God told me to tell you. Did God really tell you? Like, did God really speak to you and tell you? Or did you just have an idea pop into your head? Or did you just have something on your heart? And now you're putting God's name on it. To make it like authoritative now. Did God really speak to you? He can. I know he can. I'm not saying he can't. But are you sure that God told you that? Are you sure that God told you that and told you to tell me that? Or what about this one? God gave me a vision. God gave me a vision. Now, Did God really give you a vision? Are those just words? Now, in the Bible, visions like something supernatural. Like where the heavens open up and I see the throne. And, you know, when you say vision, is that what you mean, vision? Or are you just saying you have an idea and you think that it's God's idea? Or you have an idea and you think that maybe God is, te- but you don't know for sure. Was it really a vision? Like, did you see something? Because in a vision in the Bible, people see something. Did you see something? Like, what did you see? Or was it really just something that was... On your heart. And again. I believe people have visions. I've had visions. God's given me visions. I'm certain they were from him. But my point here. Is that we need to be careful. Not to just casually throw this kind of language around. And slap God's name on something. And claim that God said it. Or God did it. And there's some kind of divine authority Behind it now, there's a big difference between saying God told me. And saying, I've been praying, I've been seeking the Lord, I've been searching the scriptures, and I think that this is what God wants me to do. So just be careful of that. Again, I'm not saying God doesn't speak. He does. But just be careful of that. We don't want to slap God's name on something that really we just want. That's a big thing these days. Yeah, but God told me. Yeah, well, it contradicts God's word. Yeah, but God told me. I don't think God told you. I had a guy tell me one time, God told me to leave my wife. And I said, was there adultery or sexual? No, but God told me that I am released from that marriage. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. That's breaking the third commandment. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You're misrepresenting him. That's not his character. That's not his character to contradict his word. That's not his character. In fact, it says in the Psalms that he elevates his word above his name. Right? We don't want to take his name in vain. Well, God elevates his word above his name. He holds his word in higher esteem than his own name. So he's not going to give you some kind of instructions that violate His word. Another way we can use the Lord's name in vain is by living in compromise in sin. How we're living doesn't really line up with or match God's character or God's nature. He's holy. And so, again, this is something that is very common in Parts of professing Christianity today. Where people are just living in a way that is contrary to what the word of God says. And yet they still proclaim to be a Christian. But they're living in open sin and open rebellion to what God says. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 says, Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. If you're going to name the name of Christ, you've got to depart from iniquity. Titus one sixteen warns about those who profess to know God, but in their works they deny him. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do the things that I say? We hallow his name by the way we live and the way we talk, by our behavior. Our behavior is a reflection of his reputation in the world. So we live according to his word. And again, there's many, many, many other ways we can violate this commandment and just to kind of wrap it up here some would say okay well all right like okay so maybe i use god's name in vain maybe sometimes i use his name as a curse word or something like that but it's not really that big of a deal it's not really that important look back at verse seven one more time as we're coming into a close here you shall not take the name of the lord your god in vain for the lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain He didn't say that with the commandment number one or commandment number two, but he does say it here with commandment number three. The Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven that on judgment day, many will come to me and say, but Lord, Lord, didn't we do these many wonderful works in your what name? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. So Jesus tells us there will be many, many people on Judgment Day who violated commandment number three and used his name in vain. And they'll be lost forever and condemned to hell. Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. And so, what do you do? What do you do if you're sitting here tonight and you say, Well, I'm guilty of this. I've used the Lord's name in vain. I use his name in vain all the time. I did did it today on my way here to church. I used his name in vain, driving in traffic. What do you do? Well, you repent. And you confess your sins to Jesus Christ. And you ask him to forgive you and cleanse you of your sin. And he promises in his word that he will. And then you ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit and empower you to have control over your tongue. So that you no longer use his name in vain. Or if you're here and you'd say, you know what, I've just been living in compromise. I haven't been a good representative of Jesus Christ because I've been living in sin. What do I do? You repent. You confess your sins. You ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. You ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit and empower you to start living a life that aligns with him and his word. Remember, the law is given to bring knowledge of sin. To bring these things to the surface To get them out in the light so that we can confess them and get them under the blood of Jesus. Be filled with the spirit and start living in a way that honors and glorifies him. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this commandment and the way that it challenges probably all of us here. Lord, we we pray and ask that you would forgive us for the many times that we've used your name in vain for the many times that we've misrepresented you and your character and your nature and your attributes and qualities, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us and cleanse us of this sin. Lord, we ask that you would fill us with your spirit and your power and enable us to walk in your ways. Lord, for those here that just have A filthy mouth, Lord. I pray that you would give them control over their tongue. Lord, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Give them self-control over their words. Give us self-control over their actions. Our behavior, Lord. So that we hallow your name. With our words and with our actions. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: me her
1: Have you ever had a moment where you feel you don't belong? Everyone here at Ring of Truth in Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, doesn't want you to experience that. So we'd like to invite you to come check us out. The next time you're near our home base in Columbia, Maryland, make sure to stop in and say hi. We understand how important a community of believers is in this crazy life, and we want to be that for you. So why don't you take the first step? And head on over to CalvaryEC.com for our Sunday service times and directions. Once you have the information you need, make plans to come join us as we grow together in the faith and knowledge of Jesus. Do you need prayer? We'd love to pray for you as well. We know that distance is a factor for some of our listeners, so if you can't be here in person, please pick up the phone and call us at 410-491-4592. Again, that's 410-491-4592. We look forward to hearing from you. Pastor Dan Sexton's verse-by-verse teaching of the Bible is straightforward and simple to understand. It's our hope that it not only has encouraged you, but has also challenged you to change those things that don't reflect the character of Christ. Our ultimate aim is to be more like Jesus, and sometimes that requires a little bit of heart surgery. It's not for the faint of heart. And God will use your life to touch others. So thank you for listening to Ring of
3: Truth. I see the signs and I recognize them.